If you're looking for inspiration and challenge in the world of early years and Key Stage 1 education, then you've just found it. Welcome to the Early Excellence Podcast. Okay, hello everybody. I hope you're well. Uh, my name is Andy Burt. I work at Early Excellence as a curriculum consultant. Welcome along to episode 14 of the Early Excellence podcast. And I am delighted to say that I'm joined by uh, Early Excellence legend Jude Twarney. <laughs> excellence legend Jude Twarney has joined us for this episode of the podcast. Um, hello Jude, how are you? Hello Andy, I'm well, I'm not so sure about being a leg end, but no, oh, you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm well, thank you. Very good, very good. And you have, uh, you've recorded a piece for us to think about, haven't you? Um, all about the catch-up agenda and also about some of the things that you've been up to as well recently in terms of dancing. So the, I the two, know. Yeah, the two you wouldn't think go together, but um, but actually within the piece that you have recorded for us, it makes perfect sense. Um, tell us about your dancing. Tell us about how that's working. Oh, well, the dancing, I've always wanted to dance ever since I was a child, but I never got the opportunity at all. Um, I grew up in a, in a home where dancing was frowned upon, uh, so I never really did it. And then all my life I've wanted to. And so... Um, I have a partner who he used to dance with his late wife and um, hasn't danced since she died, really, seven years ago. And so we decided we would go back to dancing. Well, he would and, and I would join him. And it's called Ciroc and it's like a modern jive. Um, very energetic, but great for fitness but amazing for a sense of well-being. And it's when you get into the flow. At first, when I did it, I felt really clunky and really like, oh, my goodness. Because in my head, I always thought I was a really good dancer. But in reality, if you've never done it, you're not. And, you, you, you know, I describe myself as being a tigger, you know, sort of jumping around. But once you get into the flow, there's nothing like it. It's phenomenal. And it reminds me of, of the whole thing about flow. You know, the, the chicks are highly thing. Yeah, and getting into that flow where it's it's got enough challenge for you, but not too much that you get discouraged. It's got enough to keep you interested and keep you moving forward and keep you striving. Uh, and it's not too easy. And it's exactly that. And you're just lost in the moment. It's wonderful. Yeah. And I've bought lots of new dresses as well. Oh, that sounds yeah, fab. Pretty and look that, like a princess. That sounds brilliant. Sounds yeah, brilliant. Yeah. And of course, all of those things around flow and around the idea of learning something new fit does fit very well with the idea of the catch-up agenda, which is what you go on to say, isn't it? Absolutely. Because I, I think you know, like I'm old now. I've had a lot of years of not You're doing not. this. Oh, I am. I'm actually semi-retired, can you believe? Yes, I've got my teacher's pension. Um, but uh, you come to something fresh and new, something you've never done. And, and your, your, your muscle memory isn't there. You've got no memory of ever having done this. And, and so you are literally going from scratch. And you're with a lot of people who've been doing it for years. And I always say to people when I start dancing with them, because you swap partners, uh, I say, how long have you done this for? And they'll say, oh, 10 years. 12 years wow. but covid has stopped me so i'm having to retrain and yeah. it just shows how that learning process keeps going you know unless you yeah. keep it fired up and you keep doing things you can lose lose it pick it up yeah. quickly but you can yeah. lose it whereas me i've got nothing to lean on 
I'm yeah. learning from scratch. Yeah. And I will never be able to catch up in a couple of months. Never. No, absolutely. No, and that is very much where the, where the link is, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. And, that, and you're absolutely right. It's, it's not just about the skills, is it? It's about the, the muscle memory. It's about the learning to learn. Yeah. which is what we talk about of course a lot within the early years isn't it that, all of those skills around learning that, that underpin the learning process that's the crucial stuff isn't yeah. it yeah. and do you know what the most important bit is for me and I use this now on training when I'm talking to people it's mm. the fact that the structure of the, of the evening is quite interesting so you have 45 minutes of what they call a beginner's class and everybody's okay. treated like a beginner it's quite interesting. Yeah, it is. And we go through three basic steps. There's a section, there's a set of 12 to get through eventually, but we do three. So uh -huh. like your phonics, your daily phonics. <laughs> so you do these three steps and you learn it and you learn it and you learn it for 45 minutes. And you do one and then you do put another one and put them together, then three, put them together. It's a bit like blending. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and then what they do is they give you what they call freestyle, which is play. Ah, interesting. Like, take those three, yeah, yeah. them, and get just get happy with it. Have yeah. fun with yeah. it, yeah, and yeah. you freestyle for forty-five minutes. So you don't just rehearse that over and over again. You actually start to integrate that into what you already know. Yeah, it's that balance, isn't it, of repetition, repetition, and then embedding it, repetition, and then embedding it. So and seeing it as something that's meaningful, so that yeah. when you go off to to do the the playing with the dancing. You're yeah. seeing the skills that you've learned in the talk bit as something that is meaningful. And I do think that's something that we can we can absolutely draw parallels from yeah. between yeah. that and our classrooms as well. Yeah. Um, we'd, we'd better introduce, haven't we, your um, your recorded your recorded piece, if that's all right. Is that OK? That's absolutely um, fine. Want to do the, the introduction is it, as it's your piece. Oh, as it's tell my us piece. About, tell us a bit about it. So here, here it is. Yeah. Well, it, this blog that I started with came about because I was in, increasingly concerned about the catch-up agenda. We were hearing it on the news all the time. Schools I was going to were talking about, you know, we've got to do this earlier and earlier because children have missed so much. And I started thinking about, they might have missed a lot, but they've also learned a lot during that COVID period. And we're not capitalizing on what they've learned. We're actually just thinking they've missed it. And then I started thinking about what can we do about this? And, and really what you're about to hear is just my musings around whether catch up is the right sort of thing to be talking about. So have a listen, see what you think. Very good. And we will be back at the end with some key things to think about. We will. I've been dancing now for about eight weeks. Siroc dancing, a type of modern jive. And it's the first time in my life I've ever danced properly. I've always imagined I could dance, but never tried it really. I have serious dance envy now when I look at some of those dancers, more experienced dancers glide and wiggle across the floor effortlessly. This evening, I bravely moved from the beginner's class to the intermediate group, desperate to fast track and catch up with everyone else. However, I cannot learn in eight weeks what many have been doing for several years. I have to go through the process of learning to follow someone's lead. 
learning the 12 basic moves slowly so they become part of my muscle memory. Learning to glide rather than bounce like some manic tigger. Having said all that, I've been told that I'm a quick learner. And what I lack in the grace and finesse of some of the more experienced dancers, I make up for in enthusiasm. In fact, I've already earned myself the accolade, here comes trouble. <laughs> Don't know whether that's a compliment or not. I think there's several factors that contribute to me being able to be a quick learner. The first is confidence and a have a girl mindset. You know, I'm happy to get out there on the dance floor and just have a go. And I sometimes say to the more experienced dancers, oh, just, you know, I am a beginner, but stretch me, challenge me. Just take me through something different. Now that has meant I spin around the dance floor out of control and I did fall over once, but never mind. I get up and I try again. It's the confidence. It's risk-taking which links very much with that. I'm not afraid to take that measured risk. I know nobody's watching me, so um, I'm not going to make a fool of myself. I've also watched Strictly Come Dancing for many years and uh, studied the steps. And I can now talk quite uh, knowledgeably about um, the cha-cha-cha or the Argentinian tango. I can spot these things. So I've got a little bit of knowledge there. I learnt some basics at home during lockdown. I put on the YouTube videos and, and learnt some of those basic steps. I have an innate sense of rhythm and musicality. I've grown up with music. I've sung and I've played instruments. So that sense of rhythm is there. It's built in. And finally, I have an intrinsic motivation. Nobody's making me do this. Um, there's an intrinsic motivation due to years and years of wanting to dance. My experiences here have, have reminded me about this current rhetoric around catch up and lost learning following the last 18 months of quite disrupted education. Intensive catch-up programmes may fill some of the superficial knowledge gaps and appear on the surface to be very successful with older children. But my main concern is for those in Key Stage 1 and early years who have missed out on huge chunks of the all-important EYFS. And staff at a small school told me the other day that none of their current year one children had achieved the early learning goals the previous year. And yet they were expecting them to sit at tables, on chairs, for the bulk of their learning all day, every day. Not really reflecting what had happened to them during this disrupted period. Similar to my online dance learning at home during lockdown, children received information and tuition at home themselves. But they had no opportunity to practice and embed this in a real life context alongside their peers. One of the beauties of the dance classes that I go to is that we have 45 minutes of intense tuition of three steps. And then we have 45 minutes of freestyle play where we embed those steps in practice 
That was the real life context to practice those things and embed it. And what many of these children need now, and I would argue have always needed actually, are the opportunities to continue to develop those characteristics of effective learning, to continue to achieve a good level of development, particularly in those all important prime areas of learning. That they have opportunities to continue to become independent, to develop collaborative learning skills and so on. Well, we all know a highly effective way is to continue to offer rich play-based learning opportunities, not just a free flow go and play, but in a well-planned and age and stage appropriate continuous provision. Many children in year one are still five years old for a large part of their year one year. And so it is appropriate for them to have this provision even if they hadn't missed out on that valuable time in the EYFS. There are many aspects of their learning and development are key foundations for future learning. And they're very similar to the factors I identified earlier as being important to my dancing. So have a listen to some of these and think about your own children. Developing the confidence and the have-a-go mindset just in the same way as I'm willing to have a go. Giving children the opportunity to have a go at things. Building confidence is so important. Risk taking, allowing children to take great risks, not being afraid of getting things wrong or getting the wrong answer, developing that resilience and that perseverance and responding to challenge. And that's not just having something that's a bit harder. But it's developing that resilience to keep going in something that's quite tricky. The intrinsic motivation, just as I am following the interest that I've had for many years, tapping into their interests is so important. Obviously, we don't just follow the interests. We're still within the context of curriculum. But using their interests to motivate them, allowing them some choice and some autonomy, deciding maybe where they could work or what resources they might need or how they will record their thinking. And then building independence. Grow, that growing independence is a huge motivator. Another point is... The ability to watch and learn from others, a bit like I've watched Strictly Come Dancing for years and I can watch others on the dance floor. So our children need time to be able to watch and learn from those who've gone before them. Of course, there's the direct teaching of skills that's needed. I learned those basic steps. I did some basics at home during lockdown and our children need that direct teaching of skills, which they can then embed in practice. And then finally, developing the building blocks that are essential for ongoing progress. Uh, my inborn sense of rhythm and musicality has equipped me to be able to be a dancer, to feel the music. Well, consider what some of those building blocks are for things like reading and writing and maths. What are those building blocks that those children have missed 
through disrupted education that we need to support them with. So I challenge the current catch-up strategy, which, to be honest, is largely focused on tutoring, intervention groups, programmes, and instead, let's celebrate. Let's value and build on the learning that has taken place instead of lost learning. What learning has been gained? And championing a key principle of the EYFS, let's take the time to fully understand the uniqueness of each of our children so that we can identify what it is they need on their journey of learning and we can be a truly effective dance partner. Okay, so I hope that's got you thinking. Certainly lots there, isn't there? Um, that idea of the catch-up agenda, that idea of what that looks like in terms of your practice within the EYFS, there's certainly lots to consider. Um, Jude and I have prepared some questions for you to think about um, based around that idea of the catch-up agenda, but also what it looks like in practice. And of course, some of those key things to think about in terms of the, the kind of the learning to learn skills, those characteristics of effective learning. Um, Jude, do you want to kick us off with a question? Well, I suppose the question that people are often asking me at the moment is, um, what do I do when I'm being told to do things with my children that I just don't agree with? And it, it, it sort of threatens my earliest pedagogy and, and what I really hold on to. What do I do? And, and just just a couple of weeks ago, every school I went into, I had teachers crying on me. Mm. And some of you listening will probably relate to that and think, yeah, yeah, I go home and I just cry. Or if somebody asks me how I am, I cry. And, and part of me was thinking about how, how we can approach things that we're being asked to do in a way that doesn't uh, threaten our own mental health, our own well-being. And, and one of the ways that I learned when I was in the classroom, because I used to be quite sort of feisty and like, we don't do that in early years. And I spent all this time fighting, using my energy for that. I changed my script and I started to say, that's really interesting. Thank you. Um, I'll certainly take that and have a look at it. And, and I'll try a few ways to try and make that meaningful for these children that I'm working with. And it, it was just changing that script that stopped you coming across as being defensive and early years feisty all the time and getting a reputation. And, yeah. But it also helps you because then you take things away and you reflect on it and, and, and you start to embed what you really believe and not feel threatened all the time. So I think that is, is a critical thing. You know, when people say, how do I cope with this? That is one of my top tips. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Um, which actually brings me on to kind of one of my top tips, which would be um, around the characteristics of effective learning. Yeah. I think because um, you're absolutely right. I, I, that sort of within the within the recording, when you talked about how actually there are clear links between that drive to want to learn your interest, your passion, your your bounce back ability, all of those sorts of things. Those are key elements in, in learning, aren't they? You know, all of those things are key elements in learning. Yeah. And I think when the pressure is on often within schools, 
what often happens is we, we revert back, I think, to thinking a lot about the what children are learning and about mm -hmm. the content mm -hmm. and not as much about actually the process, the learning process. And so my key question would be around that idea of are you thinking enough about the characteristics of effective learning? So when you, for example, when you look around your room, are you observing the characteristics of effective learning? Are you using those characteristics to reflect on which areas of your provision are working effectively? Are you using those characteristics of effective learning to consider which children perhaps do you really need to consider uh, to, to, in, terms of their, in terms of support for those children? that perhaps they're not accessing the curriculum effectively for whatever reason and that you can use those characteristics to really unpick what that is and why that is mm -hmm. and to really put things in place to support them effectively around developing as a learner not just about what content they have they've been open to I suppose yeah. so I, I think that would be I that would be my key thing to consider yeah. here the, those characteristics yeah it's quite interesting you say that because um when I'm doing my dancing, I'll often apologise to my partner and say, look, you know, I've, I've only just really started this year. And they're always saying, oh, you're doing really well. And, and they say, the thing that you do really well is that you follow my lead. You've learned to relax in it and to follow my lead. Now, that's taken a lot of hard work because I'm quite a feisty person, you know, and I like to take control. But I've had to let go and yeah. follow the lead of yeah, the person yeah. leading and trust them with that. Um, and that's one of those essential building blocks for me as a dancer. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing that helps me most. And I think with children, it's about us tuning in to the thing that's going to help them most to be able to get those skills and get that knowledge that they need. And that'll be different for every child. Yeah, absolutely. You know, not every dancer needs to learn what I've learned. In fact, some of them never do, actually. They say, actually, I wish most people could do that. Yeah. Um, but we all have something different that's going to help us to progress to the next thing. And it's exactly the same with children. And I would urge you know, teachers to think about things that they're learning as teachers and think about the steps that they go through in order to become proficient at something. Yeah. Um, and, and then remind yourself of what children need. That, yeah. you know, there's a lot of similarities there. There really are. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Um, Jude, it is fascinating to talk to you. Thank you so much um, for, for joining us on the podcast and for recording the section for us. Uh, yeah, I love the way that you did it, the, the dancing and the, uh, <laughs> the learning to learn. I think that, yeah. Perfect. Maybe Absolutely. I should do a whole series on uh, on dance and pedagogy. <laughs> it could be strictly come due to Arnie. It could, or, or the, the pedagogy of dance, or I don't know. Let's it could well be. It could well be. So yeah, thank you so much. It's been lovely, lovely to talk to you. Um, it, it, this is our last podcast episode before Christmas. It's our final podcast episode before Christmas. Um, we're having a bit of a break over Christmas, as everybody will be, of course. Um, we will be back after the Christmas break on the first Friday after Christmas. So all that remains to be said really is to all of you people out there who are listening, wherever you happen to be, um, have a fantastic Christmas and have a very, very well-deserved break. Um, it's, we've, it continues to be really, really difficult in school. I know um, there's been so many pressures, so many difficult things this term. Um, and have a fantastic break. Have a really, really well-deserved break. Okay. And we will. And I just yeah. want to say, 
keep dancing. <laughs> Very good. All right. Have a, have a good Christmas, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye. And if you're looking for more inspiration, why not join us for our 3D tour of our National Centre? It's available online, so you can watch it wherever you are in the world. It's free also, you just need to sign up uh, and there's a section on the website to sign up to it. As part of the tour, you can be immersed in best practice. You can, you can explore the centre in all kinds of different ways. So you'll be able to delve into our EYFS and Key Stage 1 interactive classrooms where you'll see examples of high quality provision. You'll also be able to take a good look around our resource shop which showcases many of our high quality books, play resources and educational artefacts that are available to buy online. You'll also be able to have a really good look inside our curriculum room and our training room and our, our cafe space also with all sorts of different professional books and all kinds of displays of our children's work as well to inspire your practice. Okay, so where do you find it? Well, you can find it on our Early Excellence website. So go to www.earlyexcellence.com. Go to the Ideas and Inspiration tab and there you will find a section called Virtual Tour. If you go to that, you'll just need to sign, sign in. So just add, put in your name and contact details and then it's a free resource so you'll be able to go straight to it. We'll also put a link to that particular section of the Early Excellence website in the description of the podcast. Mm -hmm.